Yo, Carrot Attack Podcast. Yes, guys, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on, people? Um, guys, as always, just make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Um, we're just going to go straight into it. Uh, in fact, no, before I do that, yeah, shout out to the, the bus driver who saw me cycling cycling today and um, was asking me what's happening to like the podcast, like with the guests and all of that. And I told him I'll be back in two weeks because there's so these little short videos that i do i don't put them out on spotify so if you're if you're someone that listens audio there's probably like been a long gap where i've not had a podcast for for you guys but um yeah it's been confirmed the guest for next week or the week after i don't know just need to get that in but um yeah it's it's coming back man don't 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 worry about that don't sweat you guys have been rocking me for 6 years yeah if there's one thing about me, you know I keep a guest in the tuck. But what I wanted to do was, because um, what I noticed was that the views dropped way off whenever I didn't have a guest on. Whereas before, even if I didn't have a guest on, the views would be up there. And so I wanted to just take some time out and just work on just putting out content, putting out content where it's just me. So, um, but now that the consistency's there, um, I'm just going to, Get, bring back the guests and whatnot. Hence why next week as well, we've got the MLS show starting. Um, but yeah, guys, what a weekend. What a weekend of, of football. Um, I've just finished watching the Liverpool and Tottenham. Liverpool-Tottenham um, game and 4-3 to Liverpool. And I'm not going to lie to you, 15 minutes in, I was just like, we got another 7-0 here. And um, one second. So yeah, 15 minutes in, I was like, we've got another 7-0. But then, I know, and also I was just thinking to myself, how rubbish are Tottenham? Like, it's embarrassing. Last weekend against Newcastle, shipping all those goals, I think it was like 5-0 down um, at 20 minutes, or maybe 4, 4 or 5-0 down. After 20 minutes. Today, so today, after 15 minutes, some of their fans were leaving again. So in the space of a week, they had um, shipped five against um, Newcastle within 20 minutes, let's say. Gone down two, two goals against United in terrible stand, um, circumstances again. Today, 3-0 down... It's embarrassing, you know. At one point, Harry Kane had the ball outside the area and, and he was just like, just looking, looking, they just came and took it off him and it was just like there was no sort of reaction. And even Gary Neville was just like, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is bad. But, you know, they get that goal, um, they get that goal before half time, and all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, can they? But then you're like, nah, surely Liverpool won't won't drop off as much as um as much as you know that they, they, they would have to do for Newcastle, I mean for Tottenham to come back. And sure enough, second half, you know, Liverpool didn't muster a shot on target till the end. But before then, um like there was enough. There was there was that there was those uh, there were those moments where I think it was Son hit the post and a couple of seconds later Romero hit the post. 
you know what I mean? And and Tottenham were the ones looking more likely to score. Obviously, Sunday got um, Sunday got a goal, but then after that, that crazy ninety minutes now, when Richarlison gets his first goal finally, scores, rescues a point, so it seems, takes off his top, celebrates, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the amount of times he's done that this season, and the goal has been chalked off. He finally gets his first Premier League goal of the of the season, celebrates like a maniac. Only for 90 seconds later, Jota goes up the other end and just puts one in. And if ever there was a more Spursy thing, it was that. Come back from 3-0 down at Anfield, only to then go and blow it and squander again. Um, but to be honest, you know, the fact that they even got it back to, to 3-3, credit where credit's due, but to then do it like that, especially how the goal came about. Lucas Moura, what was he doing? What was Lucas doing? Like, to just gift the ball over there and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that, it, it was it was really, really bad. But um, Liverpool get the win. And I think, as far as I'm concerned, let me just check the table. We're going to go into little other uh, a couple of other things in regards to the game now, but I just want to quickly see what the Premier League table is looking like. Because I think Tottenham and Liverpool have it all to do in order to um, qualify for Champions League now. So Liverpool are in fifth. Yeah, there's seven points behind, mate. Behind Man United. Man United have played a game less. So to be honest, it's looking like to be honest, it's looking like it's Man United, Newcastle, Arsenal, Man City, um, Champions League football. So, um, yes, yeah, I think it's too little, too late. Liverpool look like they're going to finish fifth. And to be honest, if they get that fifth, credit to them as well, because Liverpool this season were awful. And at one point, they were down and out. So to come back and manage to get fifth and do a late, um, a late charge for Champions League, Mate, like credit, credit where it's due. But what I did want to talk about was um I'm doing it now. I think it was oh, I've got so many things. So many things to talk about. Yeah, so we talk about who's who's more responsible in you know when it comes to the team. I'm someone that says, and this is as someone that's played the game and and understands what it's like to be on that pitch, and and um, and I'm I'm an accountable and responsible person. But earlier in the week, I was listening to Simon Jordan. This was after Newcastle and Man United. I was listening to Simon Jordan, and they were crediting um, the manager. And um, yeah, they were crediting. No, no, no. Simon Jordan was saying the um, the comeback against United was down to the players and not the manager, and. I agree with him. I, I think a, a certain to a certain point, like even what you see today, you know, I don't think it's much on Ryan Mason to be honest in regards to the comeback, because then are we also saying them being three 0 down is also down to the manager. I think you get to a certain point where the players are good enough to to win games. They're good enough to put in performances, but they haven't been doing so. You know, we can say that they're low on confidence. We can say that Conte. Um, made them play in such a way where it was just negative and, you know, they've almost forgotten how to play. 
and really express themselves. But really and truly, I I think it's down to the players. So I think the response that you saw today was one where the players themselves decided to just be like, you know what, hold on. Let's have a bit of pride here. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, we cannot keep getting our skirts lifted the way they are. We can, after what's happened at Newcastle, after, you know, going down 2-0 against United, the players themselves are are literally sitting there thinking, no, nah, let's actually play for something. I'm sure they're, they're tired of um, having to come out after games and say, oh, that's not good enough. Reimbursing fans for, for all their travelling money and all of that stuff. And yeah, it's not, it's just not, not on the 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 manager and you know that two 0 down coming back from two 0 down I think it was Martin Keown that was saying Ryan Mason has a lot to do with that and yes I I believe that certain changes were made yes but you know there were players that were on the pitch anyway that you know decided to come back and and actually start playing well it's on them and you know I say that to say because a lot of we want Levy out we want Levy out stuff yes. You know, I understand. You know, they would like more from Lever. They they would like more investment. They would like, you know, with more haste when it comes to Daniel Levy. But a lot of the stuff that's happened on the pitch is down to, you know, the managers and and the players. And you know, when you've got Harry Harry Kane, when you've got Son, when you've got um, even people like Eric Dyer who and Hoiberg, who are seasoned professionals who. I'm not saying you should go out and be challenging for the league with those players or, or with that team, no. But some of what some of the crap we've seen throughout the season, it should be on them. It should be. Yes, we could talk about the overall trajectory of the season being um, because of how the manager set the team out and blah, 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 blah. But when you really look at it, the players need to buck up their ideas. We've seen some of these players perform. We know that they can they can play when they want but they just haven't been so um yeah yeah I, I i i just think that was an an interesting point in regards to who who takes the blame like today do we say it's Ryan Mason's fault that you know they get it back to 3-3 three, three, only to then blow it away 4-3 no i think Ryan Mason he's for what he's there for in regards to you know trying to get something and trying to salvage something out of the season like he's he's doing that but i'm not going to put down the there is the results to to him. I'm not gonna. I don't really put. I don't really give him much stock in anything that's happened. So yes, he, apart from picking a team, maybe I don't really give them much stock. I actually think that him and Frank Lampard have been lined up. Ryan Mason and, and Frank Lampard. They've they've been lined up by the clubs to take over. You know, on on an interim basis and take over teams who are in a bad way very very bad way who are low on confidence the fans have lost um faith in the players you know um they look like they're just waiting for the season to just be over and just want it wrapped up by now and and you know that's not to say frank lampard you know has been doing okay or he's not been doing that no 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 let's get let's set this let's set this straight now frank lampard has been awful but what has not helped him is the fact that the teams are Listen, I personally, if I was Frank Lampard, before it gets any worse, like I heard Darren Bent say earlier on the season that um, he might struggle to get a job after this. And I honestly believe that if he goes, 
if Frank Lampard goes throughout the season, and let's say for whatever reason he he doesn't win a game from now to the end of the season, or let's say he just wins one game, honestly, with what's happened at Derby, with with what's happened at um, Chelsea before and Everton, honestly, he will struggle to find a job. So he'll be very lucky if he gets if he gets a job after this spell. So if I was him, I would go now. If I was him, I'd I'd leave that club. I'd, you know, just say, you know what? There's too much. There's too much to be done here. And I don't think I'm the right man for this because whatever, whatever, whatever. But he needs to do some sort of PR, some sort of damage control because, listen, hmm, it's going to be hard for him to get another job. Let's just, let's, let's just say that. And um, honourable shout out to Harry Kane. And, and I know I'll always give Harry Kane... No, you know what? To be honest, nah. There's a narrative going around that I don't like Harry Kane or or that I always give him a stick just because I said he's not world class. Do you get what I'm saying? But I always give I always give him praise. You know, it's when he when he deserves to to be praised. Do you know what I mean? In those big moments where he's he's been involved, he hasn't shown up. And that's okay. It's okay. But I just want to give him um, give him praise for the fact that 25 goals in a team like Tottenham, who are who have been struggling all season, is crazy, and it's mad that you can get 25 goals in a season and be absolutely dwarfed by someone that's that's you know gone and scored overall 50 goals in the season. I think I, I think Haaland has now um, 30 34 goals. Look at that. Look at that. So 34 goals. Harry Kane has 25 goals. Ivan Tony, what a season he's had. 20 goals in the Premier League. What a season he's had. 20. Salah, 17. And Rashford, 16. Remember when everyone was saying Rashford was the best player in the world? Yeah. So, yeah, no, credit credit to Harry Kane, man. He's He's been ridiculous. Do you get what I'm saying? Even things like today, in the second half, towards the end of the game, there was a point where he's down on the left side of the pitch without even looking first time. He did one left, like one left hook around the corner, ping to the other side. And I was just like, that is stupid. That is absolutely stupid. And um, he's such a good player. And, you know, we talk about Gary Neville. Yeah, so Gary Neville mentioned during commentary that if he was Tottenham, if he was in charge of Tottenham, he would make Harry Kane stay and run down that last year of his contract so that any new manager that comes in has Kane and Son to work with and then they can at least build some sort of foundation so that when he goes the next season, they've got something to work with. But if he was to go now, at the end of this season, it would be really, really hard for Tottenham. And do you know what? I disagree. I, I don't think they should hold on to him. I mean, obviously they'd want to hold on to him. They'd want to always keep him... You know, so anyone that guarantees 20 goals a season every year is someone you want to keep. But I think at this point, you know, we look at last season where he, he went, no, the season before where he tried to leave, it didn't happen. And then we look at last season where they thought maybe something was going to happen. He stayed again for Conte. Nothing's happened. Trophyless again. I, I think at this point, you just got to let the guy go because he deserves trophies. Harry Kane, for what he's done in, in Premier League and for what he's been about he deserves trophies and if Tottenham don't let him go 
I think there's going to be, if Tottenham don't let him go, I think it'll be very poor from Tottenham. I think the loyalty he's shown to Tottenham over the years, he deserves that big move. And they should 100% facilitate that and make that happen. And if they don't, then, yeah, I, I, it's unfair. So I think he's going to go. And it's interesting because Ten Hag said they need they, they need that number nine. They're missing that number nine. And even when you watch them today, Man United would be so much better if they had an out-and-out black striker. Rashford, sorry, sorry, it's been a long week. Rashford was their striker, said, but he's not an out-and-out striker. Rashford, for me, is better when he's on the wing. Left wing, cutting in, bang. Do you know what I'm saying? Where he can face up his, his attackers and, and run at them and, you know, Rashford ain't, when it comes to that, playing with your back towards goal, that's not Rashford's game. Do you know what I'm saying? Rashford's better at just running in behind and, and, and all of those things. So, he's not a striker. Um, and I think if they were to go all out and get Harry Kane, it's problems. Because then, they add that, just, they increase by a good 70 to 100% in regards to, to, to striker. So, um, Man United should go all out to get to get Harry Kane because they need a striker. And when you look at how you know how they're playing, how Ten Hag has got them playing so early on in this process, honestly, by adding a striker and one or two players here and there, you're gonna have a team that is going to compete next season. And he might just be the, the missing the missing piece to the jigsaw. So, um, yeah. Harry Kane to Man United. I'm I'm calling for that one. Um, I'm hearing as well that he might go Chelsea, but I'd, Chelsea and Tottenham don't do many transfers. Between does anyone know why that is? And it's not about the battle of. Oh, I think we've spoken about this before. I think it had something to do with the Willian transfer. Why Chelsea and Tottenham go, don't get along. I don't know. Yeah, because someone just confirmed this where this whole Chelsea Tottenham rivalry came from because they don't sell each other players. They don't like each other. Do you know what I'm saying? So I don't know where that's come from. Do you know what I mean? So to hear Harry Kane being linked with a move to Chelsea, I can't see that happening. Even Pochettino going to, as managers, it might be different because then Conte also did that and Mourinho did it. So it might be a bit different for managers. But yeah, just someone confirm where that rivalry came from. Oh, sorry guys, quick commercial, quick commercial break there. Um, so what else do we have on the agenda? Um, oh yeah, just on Liverpool very quickly. Um, just Trent. You know, I can see why they're playing Trent in centre midfield, and I said a couple videos ago that in the long term, Trent ain't it in centre midfield, and yes. Great passing, ridiculous passing. So, is that enough to just play him in that midfield? Especially when you look at what um, Liverpool require from their midfielders. Do you get what I'm saying? They need the midfielders with the energy. They need midfielders with know-how. And even today, I said, when you put him in there against real centre midfielders, he, he ain't, he's going to look lost. And in the first half of the, of the match today... I mean, there weren't really much for him to do, to be honest. He was having a field day. 
But the moment Tottenham got their act together and actually started playing football, Trent weren't looking like a great centre midfielder. And this is what I was saying. It's not that I don't think he can do it, but when you're coming up against men who are in that position week in, week out, you're going to need more than just the passing, especially if your teammates set up to to protect you and ain't set up to just give you the ball and let you dictate it, if you get me. So, and then on top of that, he's not just playing as a centre midfielder. He's doing the inverted thing and then going back to right back. But what's happening is that there's space down the right because they haven't quite mastered, do you know what I mean? They haven't quite mastered the the system. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I, I definitely feel like if it's one or two games here and there, if it's just in-game where he comes in and whatever, fair, fair enough during the game where he does that inverted um, role. But honestly, they need to go in and get get midfielders so um, so they don't have to rely on Trent because over the course of the season, Trent will do some amazing things. He'll do some amazing things in, the, in, in regards to passing, but he's not the answer. So let's, let's, let's keep that all the way funky. Um, that was all I had to say on Liverpool. Good match though. Hey, have you noticed that towards the back end of the season, we're getting some really, really good games. And for me, the Premier League this year has just, it's been a really, really good league in regards to, you know, the quality of football we've seen, the, the quality of games, like the excitement of games. That It's actually been really, really good. And for a long time, I didn't think that the Premier League was the best league in the, in the world. But honestly, it's, it's an outrageous it's an outrageous league. And when you look at the other leagues, they've all kind of had drop-offs as well. So, um, yeah, this year has definitely been the best. Definitely. Um, right, 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 right. Manchester City in cruise control. Manchester City, they won 2-1. I think they got their penalty, their first goal, after like a minute or two, after that like two minutes. And from there, I, I just started watching the Man United match because, well, I started flicking between between the two because I was like I already see what kind of game it was so I flick over to United match and then I, I'm i hearing that Vinicius scored I'm like what could there be an upset do you know what I mean and then Julian Alvarez just the footwork and then the whip into that top corner crazy goal crazy goal and if I, if I talk about Alvarez quickly it just goes to show that when your recruitment is right, you don't have to spend big, crazy amounts of money. So, like, I don't know how much they bought him for. Maybe 10 mil? I don't know. Um, Julian. So, I'm just going to check how much they bought him for. Julian Alvarez. They bought him for... doesn't say but I don't think they bought him okay how much did they okay 20 million euros I don't know what that is in pounds but they bought him for 20 million euros and look at look at the buyer that he's been I think he's got eight goals this year in the Premier League and 
for someone to come off the bench who ain't really an, um, a starter week in, week out and give you what he gives you, I think it just goes to show that you don't have to spend a crazy money. You know what I mean? If, if you've got a team where their recruitment is right and the scouting system is right, you will get these players. So we talk about, some of the players talk about Brighton. I'm going to talk about Brighton a sec because out of this world. But Brighton, Mitoma, Casiedo, Encisco, you know what I mean? Like all of these, um, all of these players, and even Arsenal with Martinelli. Do you get what I'm saying? Like picked him up, and what a player he's been. And even Trossard when he came over, like from Brighton, and then even Arsenal went and bought him, as opposed to the 89 mil that we that we would have spent on um, on on Mudrik. Like it just goes to show that when the scouting system and when the recruitment is right. You do not have to spend crazy amounts of money. That's why, you know, in January when everyone's like, nah, spend the money on Mudrick, spend the money on Mudrick. And then we went out and got Trossard. I'm talking about Arsenal here. I was just like, why? Like, I'm happy we didn't spend that money. Eight, you know, because that doesn't guarantee anything. But I think sometimes people think that the, if you're willing to spend big, then um, it means that, yeah, like we spent big money. This guarantees, it don't guarantee anything. We've seen it with 72 million for Pepe. We've seen it for 80 million Maguire. No. Like, 80 million doesn't get you 80 million worth of performances. Gone are the days where the money you spend reflects the player you're getting because that is not the case anymore. So, um, yeah, Julian Alvarez was, is just, he's been really, really good, man, this year. And Gr Jack Grealish, yeah, I remember the first season. And, guys, I'm going to try and find it for you. But if I don't, Hopefully someone else will. And hopefully you lot will back me up in the comments when I say this as well, yeah. I've been saying last year when Jack Grealish wasn't playing well, I said, let him settle into, into this Man City team and then we will see a good Jack Grealish. And this season, Jack Grealish has been really, really good, especially the, 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 the second half of the season. Um, and I think because people have this thing against Jack Grealish, 100 million pound player, has he been giving you 100 million pound worth of performances no he has not but that doesn't that doesn't mean that he hasn't been playing well and he, he's had a really really good I think of all these attackers bar Haaland he's probably played the most minutes um, out, of, out of the attackers because he's become that important to Man City and um, yeah no, I, I big up Jack Grealish man because people wrote him off early they wrote him off early because of the price tag and he's English and they just didn't want to see, they just didn't want to give him any any leeway or, or any grace to, to, to fit in because from Aston Villa to Man City is a massive jump and I don't think people quite recognise that. So when I was saying, look, he hasn't played as best as he could, you know, he was getting used to the system, you know, you can't just go there and do the freedom football you've been doing this whole time with um with what you call it the freedom football you've been doing this whole time with Aston Villa no it doesn't work like that when you get to that level so he's had to settle in and get used to the way that Pep wants him to play and then he's implemented his own his own style on it he's able to be free now knowing that he knows the job that is being asked of him so first of all he does that job and then he gets to express himself so um credit to Credit to Jack Grealish. Massive part of their season, you know, going the way it has. Obviously, you've got Haaland scoring the outrageous amounts of goals. 
But then you've also got Kevin De Bruyne, obviously, doing what Kevin De Bruyne does. But then after that, you're literally looking at Jack Greenish as a massive part. Rodri, massive part. Uh, Ruben Diaz, man, he's just... What a defender. What a defender. is, And also, Manuel Kanji. I'm just going to start naming all their players because all their players have just been playing well, man. But, yeah, good recruitment. It, it goes a long way, man. And City squad depth is, is, is amazing and stupid at the same time. Um, but, yeah, that's all I've got to say on them. What's next? What's next? Um, oh, yeah. I mentioned Manchester United earlier on. And... Um, guys, if you like what I'm saying or you don't like, make sure you put the comments in. Like, let me know what you guys think, by the way. And just make sure you, for the algorithm, just press the like button. Um, but yeah, just comment what you guys think so far. But um, it, was a, it was just a very quick one on Lindelof, Victor Lindelof. I was watching the United game and there was a point where I've forgotten who it was. Someone had a shot. I think it was Douglas Louise. And then it was going top corner and then... Um, Lindelof, Victor Lindelof cleared it off the line with, 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 a, with a header in it. And I've always said, I think I might have said this on the last podcast, but I just don't understand why Victor Lindelof has never been given his props because I've always said he's a better defender than Maguire. And if you put Victor Lindelof next to someone who is at least competent at their job, and Luke Shaw in that centre-back role, the left, the left side of, um, of the central defence, he's actually, he's actually competent. He, he does what is necessary of him. He's not going to give you um, the highlight, you know, real when it comes to defend, defensive performances, but he's going to do the, he's gonna do a job and you don't have to focus so much or worry about him so much. Um, and when you put him next next to someone like that, in regards to Luke Shaw, when you put, when you put Lindelof next to someone like that, you see a good, um, a good Lindelof. So I just never understood why, you know, he doesn't get game time ahead of Maguire, Interesting though, Marcus Rojo, Marcus Rojo said how he said he said to Ole that he should be playing ahead of Maguire, and Mag and Ole said we bought him for eighty million, so we have to play him. Do you know what I'm saying? That's interesting that um, Rojo said that. So um, yeah, now big big shout out to Lind. I'm a I'm a fan of Lindelof. I think you need those defenders around, and if he's happy to just you know be like a second defender in regards to on the bench and start games here and there, then you keep him in your team, honestly. And um, I think I heard that that they want to keep him. But I don't know. if He, he might also just want to go and play week in, week out, which he deserves as well. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, does he give it another season? And Varane looks like, you know, this might be his last. Next season might be, you know, one of his last seasons at the top. Injuries might come in with, with their other things, with their other centre-backs, and he might be the the next in line. Do you know what I mean? Like, we need to just have a, have, have a look at it because Lindelof is is a great, 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 like, squad player. And, um, yeah, what do you guys think? Newcastle. Listen. Newcastle are a problem. Arsenal still got to play them. I'm not hopeful at all. I was saying that even if we had beat City earlier on, earlier on in the week, I wasn't confident that we would have um, gone on and beat a Newcastle. Nah, like Newcastle are a massive problem. Even I don't like how they're playing, how they're playing, but when it came to City, they were toothless. Absolutely toothless. 
And I didn't like that. But um, listen, Alexander Isak. Alexander Isak has the potential to go on and really be world class. And you know me, I don't use the term world class lightly. But when you look at his his movement, when you look at the, the threat he, he imposes, you look at even the maturity he has at such a young age, and you look at his finishing, his skills, dribbling, like he's, he's got the potential to just be a total world-class all-rounder. And if Newcastle go on and do what I think they're going to do in regards to spend the money and recruit well, and get the upgrades on certain positions. So we're talking like the long stars positions and and the um, the burn at um, left back position. Do you know what I mean? If if they go on and really, you know, and even like could get another winger who's an upgrade and and you know probably gonna be on that world level. If they do that and you keep Isak fit and you get give him a run again and you get him playing, what a player! What a player! They might have a chance of keeping him. Otherwise, otherwise, nah, nah. He's he's gone because he's ridiculous. And I remember years ago when when he was linked years ago, I think it was like two years ago, he was linked to um it might have been last year. He was linked to Arsenal. And people were turning their nose up at him. And I was just like, You lot are absolutely crazy. And now we're seeing what he's doing. You see what he did against Everton? And you see him do little things like that all the time. Like, he's tall and he's got that lanky, you know, frame, but the feet, the feet on him are, are stupid, man. And yeah, man, I, I, honestly, I, I, I honestly believe next season, because this has been his first season and he's been injured for, for bits of it. So next season when he really settles in and he's playing with better quality players behind him, listen... I would not be surprised, and I'm saying it now, if he gets... He he will easily get 15 goals in the league. 15. 15 goals in the league for me. Easily, because he is that good. And the potential he shows, like, whenever he plays, mad. And you know what I like? He's got a mentality on him, like, a less avid, like, yeah, come, what, you want a war? Let's go to war. He's got that mentality about him, and I love that on players. Absolutely love that on players. So... Yeah, big him up. Um, yeah, it's going to be very tough to beat. And then the last thing I wanted to say was was Brighton. Yesterday when I watched Brighton against Wolves, um, the, the football Brighton are currently playing, yeah. Deserby, yeah. He's not going to get manager of the year because Pep will probably get that or Arteta will probably get that after Pep. But... Deserbi has done a massive job. When Graham Potter left um, Brighton, they were playing good football. Not the great, but they were, they were playing good football. They couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, but they were playing good football. Deserbi has got them playing with a crazy fluidity and freedom that they they play. They might Brighton might just play the best league, the best football in the league. City will control possession. City will will suffocate you, but Brighton play, their football is just, it's just so free-flowing, it's just so flowy and wavy, and and everyone knows there's always two or three options, you know, the the ability to, to play short passes, they've always got a player, like, 
in and around the player receiving the ball. And they can do everything in one touch. And everyone knows their job. Everyone knows wh- wh- like where they need to be. Yesterday, they left out Matoma. They left out Casiedo. And I think it was Undak. What's his name? Let me get his name now. Let me get his name now because Undav, I think his name was. So I don't like messing up. I don't like messing up the the, the names. Uh, Brighton. Undav, yes. Um, Undav came in, uh, and Cisco was was playing, and it don't matter who comes in, but they play exactly the same. It reminds me of. Can you remember that Barcelona team when I'm not saying Brighton were playing at Barcelona before we get, you know, but can you remember that Barcelona team? They would get a kid, bring him in. It don't matter. It don't matter who comes into that team. They from their youth team or whatever. They play exactly the same way and they fit in. And that's what I'm seeing with Brighton right now. Like when people, I saw that the murmurs that when when Matoma and um, Cassiano left on the bench, and people were like, oh, they're not taking it seriously. Um, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Listen, nah, nah. They knew exactly what they were doing and they did not skip a beat. So it, it then lets me know that it's less about the players and more about the system. Yes, their players do have quality as well, 100%. But if you've got players that know the system, they will continue with what they, with what they do and they will play exactly the same way. And... Then you add the players in with that little bit of quality. Cassiodo came on yesterday and there was a bit where the goalkeepers played it into him and it looked like he was going to get crowded out and he just did a mad turn and was out playing. Took two players out of the game and like when you add those little bits of extra quality, it, it just obviously just makes you that much better. Isn't it? And um, yeah, Brighton, credit to where, credit to them. They, they, they just play really, really good football. I mean, and if they continue to improve, and I can't even tell them to go and spend big because their recruitment is so good. When you look at the money that they're paying for people, and you, then you look at the money that they're selling people for, their recruitment is is already at a very, very high level. So you just have to big them up each time. But that's it for me, guys. In the comments, let me know what you guys think. Um, and guys, please like the video. Please check out my MLS stuff. It would be good if, if you lot like adopt an MLS team as well. I know that the the only way for you to really go in and pursue that is if I'm consistent with it. But trust me, I've got a player confirmed we're recording this week. Well, I've got a couple of players confirmed in terms of the MLS stuff. We're recording this week because it's going to be on Zoom. I'm not going to America to do that. And um, yeah, just, just let me know what you think, man. So yeah, guys, I'm out. And if you, I'm going to put this one on Spotify. So... If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, like go back to the YouTube videos because I've been releasing stuff on YouTube. And um, yeah, I'm out in a bit. <laughs>